0: Welcome to SEC Fan Talk, the sports show by SEC fans for SEC fans, because the SEC is all that really matters. You have your host Luke Alsop and Brandon Bird, going to run you down through the changes in the SEC and what's happening. Exciting show for today, Luke. We've got a couple things stacked up. The first thing being some um, changes within rankings uh, that... Really uh, profits the the SEC. Of course, the first uh, one through four five, you know, didn't really change. Um, but um, SEC only has a handful that are unranked. Uh, one being Old Miss, uh, Mississippi State, Arkansas, um, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. You got Texas A and M in there at ten, Tennessee has moved from 25th to 16th.
1: That's a
0: big Of course, Alabama at two, Georgia at four. It is. It is. LSU at six, uh, Florida at five, Auburn at eight, and Kentucky at 23. So, um, very nice that um, we have one. What is that? I'm not not yeah, sure that over half. A big, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's
1: big news for Tennessee. Um, that it really
0: goes to show. All right, guys, we I'm sorry. Guys, you're going to hear a little bit of a lag. We're trying something a little new here, doing this a little, um, not in one room. We're separate and, and, uh, trying this, um, remotely. On my end, you may hear, uh, kids screaming in the background. On Luke's end, you may (laughs) hear, uh,
1: some cars or, yeah it's actually just uh it's just excitement leading up to the season it's, uh it's it's gonna get loud in here uh closer it gets to game time but yeah what I was saying is um yeah that's a huge huge boost for Tennessee uh, I think that really goes to say to show you that people are you know starting to believe more and more in Tennessee um I thought that, 25th ranking was low, uh, considering um, at the time, you know, the Big Ten was not how they finished. Um, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, oh, I like your transition there. I
1: really like your transition. (laughs) Oh, it does. I mean, that's big. That's huge. Everybody was waiting. Waiting on the Big Ten to make a decision. Uh, they got it. So it takes
0: it. It takes lawsuits, which which we knew it was going to come down to something. But you you get a lawsuit going in by Nebraska. You get the Ohio the state of Ohio's attorney general, whom was a Ohio State alum, uh, saying, "Go ahead, sue them. You got a good case." Uh so you when you get those you know you get Nebraska you get the Ohio State you get the Michigan uh talking about lawsuits the big the big 10 you know they don't have the money like that and so they let it go and I'm very very happy for the organization the coaches the players the fans um the school you know every part about it on that end I'm happy for the problem that SEC, All SEC fans need to have, and we really need to stress this onto the college football playoff committee, is the differences between seasons between the Big 12 ACC and SEC with having 10 games in conference versus the Big 10 now coming in starting October 23rd and only having to play eight conference games.
1: Yeah, it, that, that that's just, to me, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, going down the schedule, um, we've talked about this before, but I, I just have a feeling that somebody is going to get royally shafted um, at the end of the year. Because what's going to happen, I'm afraid, is you're going to have an Ohio State team that goes through undefeated um, their only two quality wins are going to be against a mediocre Michigan team and a questionable Penn State team. Um, and if they go undefeated and somebody like, uh, for example, I don't know, just take Texas A&M, uh, you know, they might finish the season with only one loss. Well, you know, they would have beaten, you know, four top 25 teams in the season and only lost one and they could get left out of a playoff spot because of Ohio state. And I think that's just, uh, uh it's just not right. And uh, you know, Ohio state fans can, you know, jump up and down and scream as much as they want to. And I understand they've got a point um, because they are one of the, one of the top five teams in the country, I think, talent-wise. I don't think that's really um, uh, much you can argue about that. But but it's not fair to uh, maybe a one-loss SEC team or a one-loss you know, uh, Big 12 team um, that they might miss out on the championship because of Ohio State and their eight-game season. I completely
0: agree. And, and looking at Ohio State's Schedule here. They start off um, with Nebraska at home, and you know, twenty years ago that would be a very fun game. Uh, But as everyone knows, Nebraska has just just has had a problem rebuilding and rebuilding and going through coaches. and 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 I understand as a Tennessee fan, I understand completely. You know, it's been the '90s since since we've been really excited too. We've had some good seasons, but not then and, and Nebraska fans are going through the same thing. So but as far as Ohio State schedule, Nebraska at Penn State, so their their second one is going to be a tough game. And then Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State, and then closing out the season, which will be a very exciting game December twelfth with Michigan. Um and and like uh, you said, they, they like? could run the table on this. Uh it is going to be at Michigan. Oh, I'm no. I'm sorry. It's oh, going to okay. be uh, at Ohio State. I'm sorry. Um. So, say they run the table. You know, it's still. You know, their their tough person on there is Michigan, um, and potentially Penn State. Uh, you know, it's COVID year. We don't. We don't know. We've. We've already heard talk of even SEC teams having up to twelve starters not able. Um, to play the first game this Saturday. So there's going to be a whole lot of questions as this thing gets going. I still, I think it is very, very unfair. Like you say, when you have a Texas A&M or someone who has finally made it up and, and look, the ESPN, they're, they're already, you know, their, their analysis. Uh, I think they call it the all state playoff predictions is already showing the normal four. You know, it's showing the Alabama, showing Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. And, and you know, Oklahoma, they, they fight to get there. Um, they If they lose a game, it tends to be one that's stupid and they shouldn't have lost. Um, Alabama definitely deserves, you know, to always be mentioned in the playoff picture. Um, Clemson, you know how I feel about the ACC. It's... London <laughs> <Clinton laughs> needs a tougher schedule this year. They don't have that option. You know, they're they're, they're going to do with what they have. They're going to look fantastic as long as they don't um, go through a whole bunch of people. You know, testing positive or going through the contact tracing and having to sit. And as long as they don't lose a whole bunch of people and and have a bad, really bad game, they'll they'll win out and do fine. Um, but you know their their conference chose this from the very get-go. You know, they're going to play their 10 games. Um, it, it's just – it is very upsetting to know that people are already looking at Ohio, Ohio State. Yes, they are a great football team, but they are not playing the caliber of schools that SEC teams are playing week in and week out.
1: No, absolutely not. And I know this isn't Big Ten, but, you know uh, – Here's here's my beef with Oklahoma. If Oklahoma continues to put up these monstrous numbers on offense that gets them into the playoffs every year, but they don't have a defense that can stop a high school team, sooner or later the playoff committee has got to look at that and say, okay, granted, you guys – always have one of the top three offenses in the country. Lincoln Raleigh just pumps out big scoring offenses year after year. But every time that they go up against an SEC team, they can match them point for point because their defense is so horrible. They always just get throttled every time they play them. And it's sooner or later the playoff committee has got to – almost force Oklahoma into a decision of whether or not they are going to start playing defense or not. Um, Because, I mean, it's just the same story every year. And it was when Bob Stoops was there too, at least when Stoops was there, they could at least muster some kind of a defense, a semblance of a defense. Um, But it's like, they, they've gone the way of, I don't know, um, you know, They've gone the way of the Pac-10, or I mean the Pac-12, where they're just saying, okay, we're just going to score 60 points a game. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. And it's just, to me, it just does not make for good football because every time in the playoffs, it's the same results with them. And sooner or later, something's got to change.
0: I love looking at this AP poll and seeing teams on here that you would normally see, but, uh, you know, with how things are, you got down in 25, you have Marshall from Conference USA <laughs> yeah. uh, showing on there, uh, you know, seeing see Army in there, Pitt in there, uh, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette from the Sun Belt, uh, Brigham Young, Memphis. It's it's cool to see, to see that in there, um, you know. Before the real play begins. Now, one thing I've, I just saw was that uh, Notre Dame is listed as an ACC conference. I knew that their that their other programs were in conferences, but I wasn't aware that their football team, you know, left out of being independent. It it, it seems like they do what they want when it benefits them.
1: Oh, of course. Of course and if if the if if the if the league would just put their foot down and say no, you're gonna have to make a decision either you're gonna join a conference or you're not, and uh if you're not then you're excluded from the playoffs like just that's it because you can't keep i uh, you just can't get me started on Notre dame I just uh, those guys. That's just infuriating to me year so, after year to watch. What's that?
0: So they, so it looks like uh, Notre Dame to join ACC for the twenty twenty season happened in July. So that's uh <laughs> yeah. A- until until something happens that they don't like. Hey, I, the ACC needs it. They need a quality opponent in there, and Notre Dame's going to give you quality football. You know, I, I, it's it's it really good for the ACC. I just don't like that. Next year, they'll go, eh, you know, this is not going to really benefit us. We're going to go back to being independent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, I just, you know, every year it just infuriates me to see Notre Dame even sniff the playoffs Um, because, you know, I've ragged on Oklahoma, but I mean, my God, Oklahoma has has performed light years ahead of Notre Dame when it comes to playoff performances. I mean, Notre Dame is to me, it has been consistently the most overrated program in the country. And granted Notre Dame has been fielding some pretty good teams the last five or six years. I mean, I give credit where credit's due, but are they a playoff team? No, they're not a top 10 team. Even when I see them go, you know, 11-1 one season, I can go down the list and pick seven SEC teams that would beat them by at least 10 points. And, you know, I could give you five teams that could beat them by 30 points or more. So, you know. What, that, one that, quick
0: <laughs> deal for me on, on Oklahoma, um, and, of course – being SEC fan talk, we want to talk about things that just affect the SEC. Being that they're already listed in as one of the playoff potentials, um, we do want to to ask one thing of them. is He has uh, – coaches have seemed to have a plug-and-play uh, with their quarterback. Are they going to get that with Spencer?
1: Uh, I mean – as I mean, it looks like they are. I mean, it looks to me like that offense. I mean, Spencer Rattler, that kid, you know, he had a ton of hype coming in and, um, you know, rightfully so. And, you know, Lincoln Riley is going to do the same thing he did with Rattler as he did with Jalen Hurts. And, um, you know, he. He is the type of quarterback that is built for Lincoln Riley's system, and so he. I think he is going to be more of a plug and play. I don't think he, that Riley's going to have to do much to, to um, you know, tw- he's not really going to have to tweet the offense much at Oklahoma to allow Rattler to come in and and put up huge numbers. Um. So I mean I I think the kid's gonna. He might actually break uh, some freshman passing records um, this year in Oklahoma. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, But, again, are they going to have a defense?
0: That one you never know. Um, And uh, we'll, we'll push on now over to some some SEC news and a couple of big things this this uh, that has happened in the past week is some transfers that were being held up uh one of the biggest uh, of course is the Cade Mays transfer local uh Knoxville Catholic um high school who was uh 22nd in the national uh, third offensive tackle and number 1 prospect from Tennessee Uh, back when he chose Georgia Uh, since has uh, transferred over to Tennessee. It was pending up until, uh, I guess, just the end of the week when NCAA come out after Trey Smith's uh, uh, pretty forward wording about what he thought about their initial decisions to say no on his eligibility on the transfer. And, um, he uh, they have since changed their their decision and uh he is going to play and that's a big one and and I think uh think you have uh another one for us
1: okay yeah um yeah there's a, i mean that Cade Mays is a huge huge transfer and that that's great for Tennessee. um the kid's going to be a real big talent um as far as Florida is concerned there's two big-time transfers that are going to be not only playing at Florida this year, but Florida just released their two-deep uh, depth chart. And it looks like they're both might be starting. Um, you've got Justin Shorter, who came from Penn State. Um, you know, he uh, he was the number one wide receiver in the country in, um, I think, it was 2018 and the uh i mean he was the number one play, number one ranked player out of new jersey uh he went to Penn state Penn State didn't really pan out um I'm not really sure whether or not you know was he in the right system um did he have you know um uh some kind of Attitude problem. I mean, I didn't hear anything about that, but you know how these big time recruits can be. They're five star and they're the number one wide receiver in the country. You know, uh, sometimes they think that they should, can just walk onto any team and start immediately. And, you know, that could have been the case. Either way, it's a huge, huge um, get for Florida, considering, especially since they, they, um, they just lost uh, so much as far as their wide receivers are concerned. Um, with um, with Jefferson leaving, uh, that, that was the biggest one. Um, so he should be able to fill Jefferson's shoes, um, which will add to a, a once-again stacked Florida wide receiver group. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you've got Brenton Cox. Um, Brenton Cox was a – Five-star linebacker uh, out of the state of Georgia. He was the 23rd uh, ranked player nationally in the country, and I believe he was the number one linebacker in the country coming out of high school. Um, he, he's either number one or number two, but um, you know he's he's right at six five, two forty-five, um, and uh, you know he he was. He was good enough to see the field early at Georgia. And for some reason, things just didn't work out. Um, I've heard a lot of, um, uh, a lot of different rumors about why they didn't work out. Um, But considering, I don't know, I can't specifically say one is more true than the other, but it, it, Florida doesn't care Uh, to have a, a, uh, talent like Cox come to Florida on uh, for Todd Grantham's defense. That is uh, another huge get, and he's looking to step in and um, and seamlessly just uh, uh, take over that uh, kind of dominant spot that Jonathan Grenard had last year. So there's a uh, there's some big transfer news for Florida um, as well this year.
0: You know what they call the. Um you know, number one number one pick or or just you know overall good player and he knows it. They they call that the Tate Martell uh
1: syndrome <laughs> <now>. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Tate. You can't he don't jump on the board when he's down. No, I'm just kidding. I've yeah, that kid, you know it was easy to dislike the kid if you watched him on Netflix. Um but uh you know, I, I thought he might have turned the corner when he said that he was willing to play wide receiver, and to me, that showed a lot about his his attitude. And I I thought that you know he had turned it around because the kid's a is a phenomenal athlete, but you know, I don't I don't know what it is. Just for for one thing, he he thought he was better than what he actually was. Um, but even having said that, he was still, he's still a heck of an athlete. Like I said, I thought he turned a corner, but obviously not. So the saga of Tate Martell continues and, you know, who knows, he'll probably not play another down of football for two years and then he'll get drafted and probably make an NFL roster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> knowing, knowing or, his or, journey or
0: the the yeah the undrafted uh uh real cheapo waiver that someone picks up and turn out to be the next uh well he's too short to be the next tom brady he's too short well, for quarterback he, but
1: he could be the next edelman though you know? uh,
0: yeah there you go there
1: you go
0: it could be um uh, we have reached about what we'd like to do on our time. We would like to go through, uh, take these last couple minutes and just remind everyone these schedule, these these noon um, uh, early games are, is going to be number 23, Kentucky at number 8, Auburn, number 5, Florida at uh, unranked Ole Miss, the mid-afternoon with Mississippi State at number 6, LSU, and the number four Georgia at the unranked Arkansas be a good practice game for them. Nice scrimmage. Yeah. <laughs> nice scrimmage. The evening games being, <laughs> uh, number two, Alabama, uh, testing out their third and fourth string players against Mizzou <laughs> yeah. and number 16, Tennessee at South Carolina and the, uh, <laughs> Vanderbilt at number 10, Texas A&M, which, uh, should be a good warm-up game for the Aggies.
1: Yeah, there's a few teams that are going to have a, a really easy start to the season, and some teams are going to start off right where they don't want to be at the beginning of the year. But that's a that's the college football year, you know. Some of these teams that you know they start off terrible, and you know sometimes they're able to right the ship and. Salvage their season. We'll see if that's going to be Arkansas or Vandy. I highly doubt it. But Ole Miss, hey, you never know. They could surprise somebody this year. I don't think it'll be Florida on Saturday, but I think they they might be okay this year. Um, as I think long the as-
0: only thing that that uh, Ole Miss is going to accomplish is the amount of retweets from their. Uh, head coach slash PR director Lane Kiffin.
1: I mean, that's it's very possible, but at the same time, I think that they very well could beat somebody that nobody expects them to this year. Um, I mean, John Rice Plumley he put up some pretty good numbers for a freshman in a stagnant offensive system last year. So, you know, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, Kiffin, uh, um, can stay off Twitter long enough to, uh, you know, steer this kid in the right direction. That would be fantastic.
0: Guys, we thank you for tuning in to this episode of SEC Fan Talk, where we are all about the SEC. SEC fans um, are welcome to join in on the conversation. Check us out on Twitter or secfantalk.com and sign up. Come be a guest host with us.